Blog Talk Radio.
where you are tonight. I know that, praise God, the Lord has blessed Retreat at Radio International, that we're in all of the habitable continents uh, around this globe, and we are so grateful for that privilege, and so, so, so many, the majority of the nations on every continent, and we thank God for that. And so wherever you're listening to, whether you're listening um, from open nation, open to the gospel, or you happen to be listening to a closed nation that is pretty much close to the gospel, I thank God especially that you're able to hear this word tonight. Know that the Lord loves you so very, very, very much. I'm dedicating tonight's broadcast to the leader of our ministry, a very wonderful servant of the Lord, humble woman of God, by the name of Evangelist Montel Fields. Evangelist Montel just lost her dad. And I probably shouldn't even say the word lost because she did not lose him, but he passed over uh, to the other side. So he has transitioned to be in the very presence of the Lord. And we know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But I just pray that this word that the Lord has given me will be a blessing and a comfort to Evangelist Montel, her entire family, all the people that knew and loved her dad. You know, I listened to uh, a video that I think was done in, in just June, or at least it was posted in June, and it was of her dad singing. I tell you, it brought tears to my eyes. I know I would have definitely loved her dad if I had the privilege of knowing him. But uh, the beautiful thing of it is, even if I didn't get to know him on this side of glory, there is a place that all of us that love Jesus, that have been born again, that are living for the Lord, there's a place prepared for us where there is no more sadness, no more sickness, no more suffering, no more separation, no more disease. And that place is eternally with the Lord in heaven. That's where he lives. And so I'm dedicating this to Evangelist Montel and her family. I'm also dedicating it to any of you and every one of you that are listening. And you have been going through, maybe you did not lose a lover recently, but something else has happened in your life. And, and you feel as if you're all alone and you feel like if nobody cares, I want to share this word with you from the Lord. And I pray that it will be a tremendous blessing to you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will minister his life through you and comfort you, that you will sense his embrace, sense his love, sense his peace, sense his presence. Let's just pray really quickly. Heavenly Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, I just am so grateful for yet another opportunity to break the bread of life tonight. Uh, thank you that I uh, had the privilege to, to share this word, and I pray that it would be a, a great uh, means of comfort and blessing to our, our sister in Christ, the leader of this ministry, Evangelist Montel Fields, her husband, her children, her, her siblings, her extended family, her aunts, her uncles, and all the loved ones that knew her precious dad. Lord, just let this encourage them. 
And I pray for everyone else who's listening. And they might have even lost someone even today. God, I pray that you would just embrace them, hold them very close to you, and minister to them by your Holy Spirit, oh God. And for those that maybe did not lose a loved one, a loved one did not leave them, I pray, God, that you will meet them where they are, the point of their need, whatever they're dealing with. Maybe they're going through domestic violence. Uh, Maybe they're being sexually abused and tormented. Only you know, dear God. Maybe, Maybe people have spoken evil about them and their reputation has been destroyed because of wicked lies and manipulation and all kinds of evil spirits. We pray, oh God, that tonight, as we bring forth the bread of life, that you will embrace your people and bring tremendous healing and understanding to us that you indeed are our shepherd. And because of that, when you are our Lord and our shepherd, we will not lack. We will not want for any good thing. You are always there to give us what we need. God, help us to put our faith and our confidence in you. We come against any spirit of distraction that would keep uh, from understanding your word or from listening to your word tonight. Draw them in by your Holy Spirit, O oh God, and be honored and glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So no matter what your situation is, if you're sick, if you're suffering, whatever the dilemma is, just be encouraged tonight and know that God has a word for you. So let's just read Psalm 23. I'm going to read from the New King James uh, tonight, and it starts like this. I'm going to read all of the verses. It's only six verses, so it's a short psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a rich promise from God. What a wonderful, wonderful a word. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. My goodness, let's just stop right there. Um, Let's go back to verse 1, because I've entitled this message from the words that we find in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. So to be honest, this word does not really uh, relate to everybody that's living on planet Earth. But it relates to those who have placed their complete faith and trust and lives 
in the Lordship of Jesus. Now, if you have not yet done that, you you are yet alive, you're hearing this message, you have opportunity to make Jesus Christ your Lord. And then you too can claim the promises in Psalm 23. And you can claim the Lord to be your shepherd. Amen. So please know that this this does not just mean um, if you don't know the Lord that you're out. No, you can come to know the Lord and he will be happy uh, to make you a part of his royal family. Due to the nature of sheep, the shepherd is very invaluable to them. So, first of all, it says the Lord is my shepherd. So when we read that, it means Lord means master. Lord means the one who I place in control. The one who is the boss. The one whose lead I follow. That pertains to the Lord. So if you've made Jesus your Lord, he says the Lord is my shepherd. Wow. And when you read in the New Testament, you see that the people of God, the church, the sons and the daughters of God are also described as sheep. So let's just talk a little bit about the shepherd and about sheep. First is the one who takes care of the sheep. The shepherd leads the sheep. The shepherd makes sure that the sheep has food and water and sustenance, uh, green pastures. The, the, sh- the shepherd is the one who protects the sheep from harm and danger. So due to the nature of the sheep, the shepherd, again, is invaluable to them, meaning his sheep. Sheep are not to be compared or contrasted to other animals. For instance, sheep cannot swim like dogs swim. Sheep are afraid of water, actually. So the shepherd or the shepherdess must take his or her sheep to still waters so that they become even willing to drink. You'll never see a sheep go and run into a lake or anything like that. They're afraid of of moving water or running water. I've been informed that sheep have to be led to green pastures, you know, or green pastures specify pastures of tender grass. Because if not, those sheep would wind up eating the grass down to the very roots and totally destroy the pasture. So sheep are also known for getting stuck on their backs and then not being able to get themselves back up. Sheep need their shepherd to get back up on their feet, vulnerable to predators. Not only can they not run away from their pursuers fast enough, but they get scared and can even give themselves a heart attack just imagining a wolf or some other predator harming them, even if that threat is not real. A good shepherd has to constantly watch out for his or her sheep. All his sheep, especially those that lag back 
have become injured. That reminds you of, of us as the people of God and called his sheep. He said to us that he is the good shepherd in John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Wow. That's what the good shepherd does, lays down his life for the sheep. And that's very true. Even the natural, natural shepherds, where are they going to sleep? They're going to sleep at the very gate at which their sheep have to go through. And so the sheep are inside the sheepfold, and then that shepherd sleeps right there at the entrance. Why does he do that? To protect his sheep from any dangers that might be lurking outside of that sheepfold. And let me tell you, if that is a natural shepherd, and that's how a natural shepherd would take care of his or her sheep, how much more does our uh, loving Lord take care of us? He said, I am your shepherd, and you will not want. What that really means is you will not lack for the things that you need. Amen. You will not be in lack. Uh, so God will always provide that which you need. That's what he promises, and that's what he does. I shall not want if I place my faith and my confidence in my shepherd. And, and I make sure that the Lord is my shepherd. You know, so many times in this world, people look to others to protect them. You have to really ask yourself the question, and I have to ask myself the exact same question. Who am I trusting to shepherd me? Am I trusting a mere man or a woman or a government or a nation or a particular group, a particular societal, you know, affiliation? Am I trusting anyone outside of the Lord to shepherd me? And if the answer is yes, then I feel sorry for you. And I'm going to challenge you to make sure that you change that even tonight. Because nobody else is going to love you and care for you and look out for you and have the power to change the direction of your destiny like the one who made you. And so it is so important that in your life, in my life, that it is a fact that the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, is your shepherd. Because if he is your shepherd, he promises that you will not lack. And, 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 and you know, the Bible says, I shall not want. It does not mean that there are not, there are not going to be things in this world that I might want and that I'm going to get all, anything that I want is just going to come magically to me. Like if I had my own fried genie and just rub my hands on my genie's ball head and, and whatever I want, I'm going to be getting it. That is not what Psalm 23 verse 1 says. What it says is I will have, Everything that I need, 
that God has ordained for me in life. And that's exactly what it means. So if I'm in need of food, God says, don't worry, I will supply the food. If I'm in need of a place to let my head, I don't have my own uh, house or apartment or my own room, God says, I will take care of you. I will work it out for you. You know, whatever God knows that you stand in need of and you trust that he is your shepherd, you will not lack your faith. Just as I have to put my faith and my trust in God Almighty. Verse 2 goes on to say that he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside still waters. You know, the older that I get, I get more and more of a revelation of this psalm. And I believe if the Lord would extend my life another 5, 10, 15, 20 years, that I'll have even greater revelation by his Holy Spirit of what this means. But one thing that I caught uh, now that I did catch before is that he makes me to lie down. You know, sometimes you and I are so much in the hustle and the bustle of everyday life that we don't really get the rest and and the opportunity to to refresh and do what we need. And sometimes God will literally make us lie down and just be still. But he doesn't just make us lie down anywhere. It says he makes us to lie down in green pastures. And and that means tender grass. God wants, for those of you going through right now, ever the situation is, God wants to make you to lie down in tender grass, green pastures. He wants to give you an opportunity where you can eat some good food. And I don't even just mean Physical, yes, physical food too, if you're hungry. Certainly God cares about that. God is very concerned about your every need. But perhaps um, you're not in the right spiritual atmosphere or, or you're not in the right um, environment. And God is saying, look, I will make you lie down in green pastures. I will make you, I will bring you to a place where you can feed on tender grass. Some of us are in um, situations where we're just being fed harsh, you know, brown, dried out stuff, stale, not good, not really chewable, not nourishing. And God says, look, look, I'm going to make you lie down in green pastures. And sometimes it's not always going to a different um, fellowship or a different church. Sometimes it's just being still and spending time with him. Verse 2 goes on to say that he leads me beside the still waters. He takes me to where the still waters are because he knows at the end of the day, he, he will not force my neck down to cause my mouth to drink that water, but he will lead me gently beside the still water because God has given me free will and he is take he's going to take me 
to those still waters. The question is, am I willing to drink? Are you willing to drink beside the still waters that he leads you to? That's a very good question, and only you can answer that for yourself. Verse 3, he restores my soul. You know, when you have a loss in your life, I lost my own natural mother. I don't want to talk about her too much or else I'm going to start shedding tears. Uh, She was a phenomenal woman of God. Uh, I tell you honestly, I have never met anyone like her. So very giving, so very loving, so very caring. And um, she taught me so many wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things that sometimes I find myself sharing a few of those gold nuggets she taught me, sharing it and passing it down to other people. But the Lord said, you know, we all go through times where our soul feels like, oh, my goodness, we're totally spent. Uh, we, don't have, we feel like we have nothing else to give. Um, we feel maybe dry and parched, thirsty. But G- Jesus um, gives us his word in Psalm 23. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. If you need your soul to be restored, rather than trying to call every last friend that you think you have or trying to get on the internet and seeing how your soul might, you know, be healed. Sometimes you see these things on Facebook, these advertisements and these commercials, you know, let so-and-so read tea leaves and tell you about your future or tell you what happened in your life. Don't do that. These things are not of God. They're from the enemy. They're from the devil. It, it looks and appears okay, and even some of these people are on television shows. But at the end of the day, they cannot restore your soul. They cannot even restore their own soul. Some of these people are telling you, oh, let us get in touch with your loved one, your dead loved one, and then we're going to get a message, some communication between your dead loved one and you. And when you hear from them, then your soul will be restored. These are all lies from the pit of hell. The only one who can restore your soul is the Lord Jesus by the power of his Holy Spirit. You know, it's so sad when some people think, you know, if I get in the right relationship, then, and if I meet the right person, or if I get connected to the right group, then I'm going to feel like somebody. Then I'm going to be accepted. Then, then, then my soul will not feel fragmented. I won't feel torn. No. The Bible says he, meaning your heavenly father, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So if you are looking to anyone else to have them restore your soul, whether it's a therapist, um, a close friend, 
a partner in life, your child, your family member, your relative, your coworker that you can talk to, uh, your neighbor, they do not have the capacity, nor do they have the ability to restore your soul. Why? Because they can even restore their own soul. Only God is the one who can heal, restore our souls. And he will lead us in the path of righteousness. And what does righteousness mean? You know, I, I mentioned this term in a previous broadcast. But righteousness talks about being in a right standing relationship with the Lord. And when we are going down the wrong path, then we're out of a right relationship with Jesus. But he wants to lead us in a path so that we can have a good relationship with him and we can stand before him and we can we can come to know him and he reveals himself to us. And he says he does for his very sake because he loves us so much. Now, another promise that I love in Psalm 23 is this, and everybody needs to catch this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You know, sometimes when we, when we see the first five letters of this psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, we might mistakenly think that we're not going to go through any kind of trials because the Lord is our shepherd. We're not going to lack for any good thing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He also said very clearly that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. If you ever read Matthew chapter 4, you will read early on in that chapter, Jesus was led of the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So you can have the Lord as your shepherd, and that is no promise that you're not going to go through some valleys in your lifetime. Actually, verse 4 says, though I walk. So that's, that's a given. It's like saying, even when I walk, because trust me, you can hardly, you cannot be on planet Earth and live for any amount of time and tell me that you have never gone through any kind of valley. Okay, maybe a young child does not experience that, thank God, you know. But most, for most of us that are a part of humanity, you're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But even though you walk through that valley of the shadow of death, remember that you have the Lord as your shepherd. He's the one who's leading you. He's the one who's guiding you. He's the one who's protecting you from predators. He's the one that's going to take care of you. And that's why the psalmist can say, I will fear no evil. Because he says it in the very next clause, for you are with me. That's why. Once you know that the Lord, who is your shepherd, is with you, you and I can go through anything, hell and high water, you can go through. Why? 
because you know that God is with you. I'm going to look up Isaiah, and I want to read something to you from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. Chapter 43, I'm going to read from verse 1 until I feel to But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I bought you. I bought you back. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. So whoever you are tonight, or whenever you're listening to this broadcast, just know that God knows you by name. He is intimately acquainted with what you are going through. There is no surprise to God. He said in verse 2 of Isaiah 43, when you pass through the waters, it doesn't say if you pass through the waters, but when you pass, meaning that you will go through at some point in your life the waters, but he promises I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Wow. How do you like that? That's the promise of God. That's a promise. Now, that's better than money that you have in the bank. Trust me. Because even though you might have some money in the bank, there is not a 100% guarantee that you can always go and draw that money out. Should that bank go into bankruptcy, guess what? Now, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I'm just speaking truth. But the Lord's promise to us is even better and more secure than money in the bank. You know, there's a verse, and I'm looking for that one now too. There's a verse that I really love in the Word of God, and I believe it's in, let's see, I think it's in Psalm 138. Let's see how good my memory is here. I was right. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. It's in Psalm 138, verse 2. It says like this. I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name. I like this verse, especially, I'm going to get that in the King James Version. So let me read that one to you. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So even though the name of Jesus is to be hallowed, to be reverenced, to be exalted, to be acclaimed, to be honored, to be revered, look what the word of God says. That I honor my word even above my name. So what am I saying? So if God says that though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear any evil because he's with you. 
That means if he says, I am with you, he means I am with you. That you can, wow, you can take that will never change. He said if God promises that, he will do exactly as he promises because he honors his word even above his name. Imagine that. The end part of verse 4 in, in Psalm 130, I mean Psalm 23 says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to sound a little bit hard or maybe even a little bit harsh, but it's not meant to be. It's just being truthful. You know, a shepherd has to have a rod to help to keep the sheep going along the right path. Amen. And he has a rod, and he also has a staff that he uses to help him, but also it's especially to help his sheep. And the Bible says that they comfort me. The rod in his times, he might, the shepherd might use the rod to break my leg. And I don't mean to break my physical leg, but to rein me in because he sees that I'm constantly going astray. And that sometimes, even though the shepherd in the natural does not enjoy doing that, sometimes he must do that to help a wayward sheep from constantly being, you know, going astray and being devoured by the predator. So it says that they comfort me. Well, you might not feel comforted (laughs) right then, but let me tell you something. That rod does bring comfort when it brings you closer to Jesus. So whatever it is that God allows in your life to bring you closer to him, thank God for it because I guarantee you, you will be comforted as you brought closer to him. The staff is like the bread that sustains us. It's like the bread of life that comforts us. And God gives that to his children. He even goes on to say in verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the very presence of my enemies. Now, I've had this happen to me already in my lifetime, where there were people that said the most horrific things about your sister Pearl. And of course, they were not true. Oh, they said, I I can't even repeat what they said. It was not pretty. But fast forward, and this was many, 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 many years ago. I I was young. I was young then, much younger. And sure enough, God laid out a table before me. It was in my honor in the very presence of those people that have maligned my name and character. So I've lived to experience this. I think I've experienced this more than once, but certainly that at one time really comes to mind. And then he says, I anoint your head with oil. I, I really want to, I, I didn't get the opportunity before, but I want to get for you um, what that really means, because when we think about um, 
a sheep, having their head anointed, we really don't understand exactly what that means, but to a shepherd, it does mean something. So I'm going to see if I can find something right away and explain to you what this anointing of um, a sheep's head, what it really means. It says here, shepherds anointed sheep's head with oil for two reasons. Number one, to present, to prevent, excuse me, not present, to prevent, okay, sunstroke. That was the first thing, to prevent sunstroke. And the second reason that they anointed a sheep's head with oil was to prevent parasites. See, the oil ran into the crevices around the sheep's ears and eyes and nose to repel flies, fleas, even die. Wow. So he says he anoints my head with oil. God does not want us to experience sunstroke. He does not want us to experience paralysis of any kind. He, he always is seeking to prevent parasites from coming into our lives and taking advantage. Amen. And so that's what we just learned, that in the natural, a natural shepherd would anoint the, the sheep's head with oil, but now in the spiritual side, it says that you, Lord, you anoint my head, with oil. You do not want me to attract parasites, things that will come into my life to eat away at my life, to, to, to bring me down, to crush my spirit, to kill my God-given destiny. You don't want me to be paralyzed by fear. You don't want me to be paralyzed by wrong people talking against the will of God. And against what you say over my life. And you and I have to be careful that we will not let people that don't have a right spirit to start speaking into our lives. I've had to cut people off for that very same reason. Because they were not speaking the word of God. But they were speaking a lot of death, condemnation, and damnation. That's not God. That's not God. And they would make you feel like they, that you need them so much. You don't need anybody in your life that's going to constantly condemn you. You don't need anybody like that. I don't need anybody like that. So God anoints our heads with oil so that we will have the insight to know how to move, what to do, so that we're not allowing parasites to come and hinder the will of God for our lives. You anoint my head with oil. You don't want me to have sunstroke. You don't leave me out, you know, to be burned and to be paralyzed. You don't want me to be in fear. You said you have not given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. My cup runs over. Wow. See, when God anoints us with oil, he doesn't do it in a measly, miserly way. He does it in a way of abundance. 
So our very cup runs over. And as we heard in that song that was sung at the very beginning of this broadcast, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now be careful. Again, I say, I don't know why I'm saying this again, but I feel to do it. I'm going to read to you from John chapter 10, verses 1 uh, to 2. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So remember what I said at the very beginning, that the true shepherd, their life on the line to protect the sheep. Okay. They're not going to try to get in by some back door, climb up some other way, because Jesus calls them out. These are the words of Jesus in John chapter 10. He said, the people that do that, they're thieves and robbers. Don't allow them to call you know, themselves a shepherd, because they're not legitimate. And even our pastors, which can be called our shepherds, are, are under shepherds, under the lordship of Jesus Christ. You can monitor how they function. Examine. Are they some other means other than the door? Because if they're trying to do that, they're nothing but robbers and thieves. Jesus said in, in, in verse 11 of John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So do you believe that the good shepherd who is willing to lay down, who's already done that, his life for his sheep, will he not comfort you? that has lost a loved one? Does he not know how to do that? I've lost loved ones. I don't like losing loved ones. It's not a pleasant thing. It's sad. It's grievous. And those that lose loved ones, you need to grieve. When my mom died, I didn't really get the opportunity to grieve properly. And because of that, to this day, sometimes I'm still grieving. And I know what happened. I know why I didn't get a chance to grieve because I had a big thing to do right after. She passed away, and right after, I had a very big life assignment to do for my daughter. And so I had to put all my energies and all my strength and all my focus on that. And the people that I was trusting to help me did not help me when I needed them. And so it was a very hard time. It was rough. It was rough. But thank God, I have the good shepherd. And he always takes care of his sheep. And I am one of his sheep. So, so know that this good shepherd, who is the Lord Jesus, he has everything that a sheep needs. The Bible goes on to say, Jesus goes on to say, so when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep, the hired hand. Okay, let me go back. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 12, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand 
and cares nothing for the sheep. Wow. Wow. And finally again, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. What wonderful shepherd you and I have when we make him Lord, master, leader, guide, king. We make him our God. If you've never made Jesus your Lord, I'm going to pray a prayer. I cannot make Jesus your Lord. Only you can invite Jesus because it's by the confession of your mouth and it's by you believing God that he raised Jesus from the dead that you will be saved. So I can pray a prayer. And if this is what you would like to say from your heart, all you have to do is in faith follow my lead and repeat, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come. I recognize that I'm a sinner. But I need you to be my savior. I need you to be my shepherd. I need you to be my leader, my guide, my protector, my defender, the one who sustains me, the one who gives me everything that I stand in need of. God, I've been doing it my own way, and I want to continue doing that. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in the blood that was shed for me. On Calvary's cross, I invite you, Lord Jesus, to come into my life, to be Lord of my life, and help me to love you, help me to follow you, help me to know you, help me to serve you all the days of my life, from this moment on, in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Jesus is now your Lord. He is your shepherd. Be encouraged to know that what he's promised in Psalm 23 is sure. It's for real. It will work in your life if you trust him and follow him. This is your sister Pearl tonight. I love you, but Jesus loves you so much more because he's God. So have a wonderful rest of your week. Uh, be encouraged no matter what you have experienced, no matter who has, has left as far as left this earth, know that God is with you. God bless you. Uh, the Lord loves you so much. Until next time.
in the word with your sister Pearl. God bless you. Bye-bye.